Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining me in my kitchen today, and I hope you're having a fantastic day. Well, I am really excited about today's guest, Yasmin Farr. She has a new cookbook out called Keeping It Simple, Easy Weeknight One-Pot Recipes, and this is something we can all enjoy and strive for to make our hectic lives a bit easier each day. So Yasmin, thank you so much. Welcome to Kitchen Chat. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am just oh thrilled with this new book. It is a page turner and I love how you do keep it simple. What is the inspiration within your own life that inspired you to keep it simple? Um, definitely. Well, thank you so much for the kind words. Um, so when I, well, basically the inspiration for the book is um, a column I had for Series Eats that was One Pot Wonders. And at the time I was writing that column, I was a hotel and restaurant inspector. And so I was traveling two to three weeks of every month and was on the road a lot and eating out. So when I came home and had to develop the recipes, I wanted to make something that was easy enough to do because I was super tired, but also was relatively good for me because I had been eating out so much. And so that's the same approach I took with making the recipes um, for the book because, you know, even if people aren't traveling all the time, I think we all lead really busy lives. So it's nice to have food that's easy to make, you know, but it's also interesting and not boring, um, but doesn't take a lot of effort and makes us feel good because, you know, we cook for ourselves and it has a lot of vegetables in it or is really pretty you know, that kind of thing. So that was my aim with creating the book. Oh, and I love it. And listeners, you will be so inspired by the pictures, oh. the recipes, and the ingredients. You really do uh, capture some of your travels, I assume, with le Thai lemongrass and coconut yeah. chicken soup. Did, did you travel around the world with your traveling? Um, I did. I was really fortunate to really... Um, get to see a lot of the world, you know, a lot of the U.S., North America, <clears throat> Asia. And I also personally just love to travel. And I think whenever I do, I get really inspired by the food that I eat. So you definitely see that in my recipes, like you said. Yes, it, it will bring great fragrance to the kitchen. <laughs> and I love to, because this is something I really haven't thought about, but it is important, especially with today's traveling, about foods to bring on planes. Yeah. What are some foods that, that we can bring? Because there's so many delays at times, and <laughs> we end up, you know, needing to eat something. Uh, what, what do you recommend for that? Um, so there's a few things that I always do is I love edamame. It's really easy if you cook a, like a batch ahead of time and have in your bag. I think a lot of times on planes, you just kind of want to snack on something. You know, you're sort of bored. 
Um, but you don't want to eat like anything too salty because you'll get dehydrated. Right. So I think edamame is really great. And then I also love nori sheets, which sounds sort of weird. Hmm. Uh, so I used to travel with these massive, but big squares, like tucked behind my laptop. But now they make these little snackable ones. And again, that kind of gives you that um, crunchy, it's a little salty, but something that keeps you going. Um, you know, if you have delays, you're stuck on the runway for hours, which unfortunately <laughs> always happens, you know? Yes. And and these are all featured in your cookbook then. Some great recipes for that? Um, yeah. A lot of the recipes you can take, like the grain salads make really wonderful um, leftovers the next day. And, um, you know, so like the curry lentils, things like that, that you can eat cold um, and that have a lot of vegetables that are kind of light. So they, those would definitely work for bringing out the plane. Wow. And I love these exotic ingredients, truly a <laughs> taste of the culinary world. But you also have some great tips. Um, would you mind sharing with us some a money-saving tip for using saffron? And let's explain yeah. to some of the listeners who might not know about saffron. Um, saffron, I mean, it's so beautiful. It's, if you ever had it, like, um, this is a risotto milanese um, that gives anything, it, it touches basically this beautiful, like, sunset orange hue. Um, it, it smells incredible. It tastes really rich. And um, it adds so much flavor to a dish. And it's used a lot in um, Persian cooking. And the problem is it's really expensive. And so there are these gorgeous little threads that you get. Um, and so while it is so wonderful to use, it is kind of pricey. So a trick that my mom and my grandmother actually taught me is to take a small pinch and you grind it up into a powder. You add a little bit of warm water and then you mix it up and you make this kind of diluted saffron uh, water. And then you can add it so you can really make a little bit go a long way. And you still get that wonderful taste and smell and color, but you're not really, I mean, you can stretch a little bit for longer, which is pretty great. <laughs> wow. And, and I love that you mentioned your grandmother. Did, did mm-hmm. she have such an incredible um, influence on your cooking? Um, she did. She's a wonderful cook, and um, she used to cook a lot for us when we were kids. And my dad also really loves cooking. He, I think, um, really instilled that love in us as well. And as a family, it was really important to them that we always had dinner around the table. So no matter what time any of us got home, we always had to eat together, which sometimes was really annoying because you were hungry and you'd be <laughs> calling, like, hurry up, like, get home, we want to eat. Um, but I think so many wonderful memories from my childhood were around the dinner table and even in adulthood. So I think food will always be, you know, an expression of love for me because of that. And it's just such a great way to bring people together and create beautiful memories. So. Oh, it is. And how yeah. ironic. I just opened your book and it's on my mama's chicken. Yeah. <laughs> is there something really special about this? Is it a special taste memory for you? Um, yeah, so my mom is someone who's a really good cook, but didn't always love it. So she, we always joked when we were kids, like, oh, what's for dinner? Chicken. Because she had a rotation of four chicken recipes she would make all the time, and one salmon one. And they're all really good. So this is kind of a nod to my mom's um, chicken. She made one with saffron um, and black peppercorns and rice. So this recipe is kind of, you know, bringing that back a little bit. Oh, that is very special. And do you still cook with family in the kitchen? Oh, yeah, all the time. And whenever I go visit my parents, you know, my dad's always like, he basically makes my three favorite dinner dishes. So we have 
so much food every time. And it's always like, what should we eat? What should we cook? And we always shop together. So it really is a a great bonding thing for our family and really important um, to us still. Oh, that is special. And it's all about keeping Mm. it simple. Uh, what, What do you think is the one thing that home chefs just get overwhelmed with and why they can't seem to keep it simple? Um, Well, I think a lot of recipes um, have a lot of different ingredients in them and things like that. But I think one thing when you're either kind of new in the kitchen or really busy, it's hard to know where to start and how to approach a recipe because they give you all these things to do, all everything to prep and make, and um, it can be a little overwhelming. So in my book, I have something called efficiency moves, and that tells you how to approach a recipe, like what to do, where to start, what to do in downtime, you know, whether it's drinking a glass of wine or cleaning up or checking your phone. But it kind of helps people to know what to do when in a recipe. So you don't really have to think. You kind of just can do this. And I mean, you can also ignore it if you want, but I think the aim was really to get the stress out of it. So yes. it can be enjoyable and it can be fun and it can be simple. Yes. Oh, this is just going to be a great resource for myself and the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am so intrigued, too, because what seems to be important, and it's personally important to me recently in my my journey and my health journey, is looking at cholesterol-friendly dishes and what it's like to have genetic high cholesterol and work in food. Yeah, uh, so... I basically learned when I was eight years old that I had this. And um, I, I, mean, I talk about it in the book, and I think it's one of these things that is actually a blessing. You know, I mean, it's unfortunate to have any kind of genetic um, issue but and health issue. But at a young age, I really learned how important it was to, you know, balance what I was eating, look at my emotional health, mental health. And like you said, it's hard when you work in food because you are surrounded by it, you want to eat a lot, try a lot. I mean, I think we all feel like that. But, yes. um, you know, I feel really fortunate that at a young age, I kind of had to learn all of these things. And so my focus in the book was really trying to not use a lot of cholesterol-heavy foods. I mean, there are some in there, but I, what I found it really is about balancing and finding what feels good for your body, um, you know, after you eat it, when you make it. And so, um, yeah, that's like the approach I took with the recipes in the book. Great. And how to keep it delicious. <laughs> so Yes, exactly. That is wonderful. Wow, feeling good. Yes, because so many of us out there have some dietary restrictions and yeah. concerns, and there is such a focus on health and everything these days. So I am personally excited to uh, do a deep dive into these wonderful recipes. Um, how would you say your culinary journey began. You worked in food and everything, but how did you take that step, that that passion that you have for food, and turn it into what it is today? Um, yeah, so my uh, career is actually a little topsy-turvy. So when I was in uh, college at Cornell, I was planning on being a doctor. You know, that was kind of what I thought in high school. I really loved bio. And then I sort of had this feeling that, you know, maybe this isn't for me. But, you know, when you have, like, a plan or a path you think you're going on, it's a little scary to kind of abandon it and figure out what else to do. So I think I stuck with it. um, And then I um, realized, no, this isn't what I want to do. And I worked at a hospital just to double check. But then realized that, you know, food and travel and cooking was really a lifelong passion. I just didn't think I could make it a career. So 
I moved to New York, started working at a publishing house, and then went to NYU where they have wonderful food studies master's program. And I think from there, my career really took off because they had a relationship with Food and Wine magazine at the time. I'm not sure if they still have it, where a few students are able to work as a magazine for a few months. So I was one of the students that was picked. And I think that's where my career really took off. And I was able to turn this passion into something more. Wow. And now you're a successful entrepreneur in the culinary <laughs> world. And, and I, yeah. any advice, because we have a lot of women entrepreneurs who tune in mm-hmm. to Kitchen Chat, any advice on the business front that you would like to share with them if, you know, to encourage them yeah. in their own businesses? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely very exciting, but also really scary. And I think for me personally, it was really hard to um, send out like cold emails or pitches because there's always that fear of rejection or worry or what are they going to say. And, you know, at the end of the day, either people are going to respond well or ignore you. And that's usually the worst that's going to happen. But I think um, you kind of have to just push through that scary bit and then you'll reach a more rewarding side. Um, and definitely just, yeah, stick with it. You know, there can be times where you feel really down. I definitely did. And I was like, where's my life going? What am I doing? Like, what else would I do? But, um, yeah, I think if you really stick with it and kind of push that fear aside, you'll get to where you want to be. Oh, those are great words of encouragement and wisdom for those entrepreneurs out there. But let's go back to the kitchen. And Mm. I am so intrigued. You're talking about making compound butters with ghee for roasting Mm -hmm. chicken. Can can you chat with us about ghee and compound butters? I'm I'm not sure what that is. Yeah. um, So compound butter is usually when you mix it with something else. Like, um, and it's great because you can basically make a butter more flavorful. But I use ghee, which is a clarified mm-hmm. butter. It's used a lot in um, Indian cooking and has a really high um, smoke point. So you can use it for high heat cooking. Um, and I just love the smell. Like if you ever heat it, it's super nutty and fragrant um, and really delicious. And so I mix it with um, harissa, which is um, a Tunisian paste. And it's really flavorful, made with um, peppers and different spices, so it adds a ton of flavor really quickly. And so when you use it with something like, or I think there's also a miso chicken in there as well, mm-hmm. um, it's a great way to uh, mix it together and put it like in the chicken under the breast and then or on top of it, and it just infuses the whole thing with a ton of flavor. Um, yeah, and it just smells amazing. And it's just a great way to add a ton of uh, flavor to a dish. Oh, that does sound good. And I'm so curious, too. You talk about why you should wrap fish in prosciutto. (laughs) Please explain. (laughs) Um, It's a great, well, I think with fish, it can be tricky because it can be overcooked or cooked badly a lot. And there's a lot of kind of fear around that, I find, with home cooks. But this is a really simple way to do it because it basically makes this, like, wonderful potato, I mean, um, prosciutto, like, jacket around the fish. So it infuses it with salty, delicious flavors as it cooks. And it's a really easy way to make sure you don't overcook the fish. Um, yeah, and it's just super simple. And a lot of the fat cooks off of the prosciutto and then seasons the fish in it. And then you have this, like, crunchy um, layer outside and the soft silkiness of the fish. So it's really great to make for yourself or for friends because it doesn't take a lot of work. Um, it's actually in the chapter that's called Looks More Impressive Than They Are, which is, 
really great. So I think this is one of those dishes that looks really impressive, but it doesn't take a lot of work and it's really tasty. Oh, this, I am going to try this. This is, this is really fun and it yeah. sounds easy. I mean, it, it's, you're keeping it simple. <laughs> I love yeah. how you're great. doing and you that. eat it. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is great. And then also within the book, listeners, you can find out about easy and foolproof ways to roast a whole fish. Now that is something I've never had the courage to do. Oh, it's well, I actually have an essay that's, um, that's titled Don't Let Whole Fish Scare You because <laughs> I want to, I don't want people to be scared because it's really so simple. It's definitely within your wheelhouse, but I know it feels like one of those really intimidating things. And then filleting the fish can feel difficult, but there are instructions in there that are really easy. Um, and you can also YouTube it as well if you want a visual. I know everyone's very visual these days, but yes. it takes 20 minutes. It's really beautiful. It's delicious. It's really good for you. Um, I really feel like this is something people can do. So I hope that they read that essay and, you know, feel empowered to go try it at home. Oh, I'm having flashbacks of maybe a Julia Child episode. (laughs) (laughs) Did she she inspire you at all in your journey? Reading Um, about her? Yeah, I mean, her career is so incredible and how she started so late in life, but then really accomplished so much and she had a really fun attitude about cooking, which I enjoyed. Um, and I think cooking can seem stressful these days, but, you know, part of what I want to do with the book is bring the fun back to it. You know, like it is so much fun, not just to do it for yourself, but with other people. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I love her approach to food. Oh, this is great. And I love your approach to food. You are (laughs) keeping it simple and making it fun. Yasmin, thank you so much for being on Kitchen Chat today. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Oh, and listeners, make sure you check out Keeping It Simple. I'll have a link on my website, uh, kitchenchat.info. You can find it on Amazon and also um, visit with Yasmin online. You can find her at, at Yasmin Far, F-A-H-R, and, and definitely pick up a copy of her book so you can keep it simple and keep it fun in your kitchen. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.